Blog Talk Radio. Sunday evening, and we're really psyched because to hit 3,000 listens again this month, uh, 
you know, there were some intense uh, meetings here with uh, Ken Reedy's show production about, you know, should we should we tweak uh, the uh, the times of the show? Should we move it? Uh, you know, it's football season. Are people really going to listen? Do people, you know, want to be a part of this? I mean, we all know that Monday Night Raw takes a hit once Monday Night Football starts, and it's like, should we switch it? Should we, you know, what should we do? And you know, Dave and I talked, and we we're, you know, hey, let, let's just back it up a bit. And we have confidence that our listeners are going to be loyal. So let's let's see how September goes, and then if we need to. We'll move. And you know what? There's no reason for us to move because you guys have stayed, stayed loyal to us. Uh, and, and again, we, we really, really appreciate it. So uh, let's talk some wrestling. This is the Ken Reedy Show. 347-838-9815 is the number to call. And just to let you guys know, we're going to have him on in a bit. Uh, you know, Mr. Trivia has been a, a big-time supporter of our show. And he does a great TV show called Top Rope. Uh, that airs on WPAA.TV, and, uh, you know, we're working some stuff out, but uh, we're going to be appearing on their episode October 9th, so looking forward to uh, being part of that, and uh, it's fun getting into this whole wrestling business, it's kind of a you scratch your, my back, I scratch yours, and uh, so uh, I'd like to thank Mr. Trivia for this uh, opportunity, and we'll be talking to him, I'm sure he'll be calling in a little later, uh, but first... Um, we're going to go after the phones quickly because we have a, uh, a special event coming up, uh, Good Cause, and uh, we'll let him talk about it. So we're going to go to the phones right now, and uh, Joe Garcia is on the line. Joe, are you there? Yes, I'm here. How you doing, Ken? Doing all right. How you doing? Tell us a little bit about uh, what you're working on. Well, we are the haunted attraction that I work for in New Jersey is doing a cancer benefit. Uh, it is called Committed to Curing Kids Cancer. The proceeds are going to the charity Make Some Noise, Cure Kids Cancer. Uh, I don't know how big of a Halloween fan that you are, but I do suggest that if you are interested in coming out, I suggest coming to Brighton Asylum on the attraction to Brighton Avenue in Passaic, New Jersey, Thursday, October 4th. And you said Thursday, October 4th? Thursday, October 4th, 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. And what's what's the address on that? The address is 2, the number 2, Brighton uh, Brighton Avenue, Passaic, New Jersey. That's and if awesome. You're in, that's, that's, if you're interested in looking up for uh, more details about the event, you can check out our website for tickets and all the info on this great, great cause that we're doing. You can go to brightonasylum.com. I will be posting a link on your uh, Facebook page as soon as I return home, and I'll post more information about it. Well, yeah, definitely post it on our Facebook, and and we'll get a link actually on the on the website as well. And you're you're big into uh, tell our listeners a little bit, uh, you know, your background in the wrestling business. Well, I have been in the uh, I have been involved in the pro wrestling business since 2003. I uh, broke into the business with you may know him, Steve Off and Bob Arian. Oh, I uh, the name so- sounds familiar. Yeah, I'm sure he's been on. I'm sure he bothers your phones a bunch of times and calls up, which is actually funny because I had found out that he was kidnapped and taken away by helicopter, and he hasn't been seen in the past two weeks. Really? Yes, that's what his son was telling me. So I don't know what's going on with that. I think you guys should look into that. I don't know if you're involved with it or anything, but who knows? 
Well, we we did we weren't involved. We didn't actually kidnap him, but we'll have to look into that. Oh, I'm glad you did. <laughs> I think you'd be a pain in your butt. Dude. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I broke into the business in 2003, uh, and then I became a referee in late 2007, and I'm enjoying every minute of it, getting to meet a lot of great people. That's awesome. You know, just give our listeners a little bit, you know, because. You know, I I don't know if all wrestling fans really get an understanding of everything that the ref is involved with when uh, running a match. Uh, what are your responsibilities when you're refing a match? Well, for me, number one is to protect the wrestlers and to prevent any type of fan from trying to interject himself into the ring, which it does happen on occasions, as you saw last week on Monday Night Raw, when a fan jumped into the ring. Uh, but the referee's got probably the hardest part in the match because he's the one that, at the, at the end of the match, you know, it's all comes down to him, and if he makes that right call, then he takes that. And if not, then he's probably going to get a nice beating. But, yeah, you know, it all comes down to the referee, and as long as he's officiating and calling it straight down the middle, you can have some great matches and see some great, great matches, like at WrestleMania with Undertaker Shawn Michaels. Where can our fans see you? Where where have you uh, refereed? Uh, I have refereed. Right now, I am currently in the BWO, the Baseline Wrestling Organization, which is located in uh, Elmwood Park, New Jersey. And I have done some events for NWA Dog Pound, which is located in Vinland, New Jersey. And I have worked for uh, ECPW, which is East Coast Professional Wrestling, out here in the Jersey area. I'm mostly Jersey, as you can tell. I don't know if... It, uh, it's obvious, but I stay in the Jersey area. What's um? Just give us like, what was the toughest match you ever refed? The toughest match for me would probably be I refereed a match not too long ago, six seven months ago, with it was for the ECPW company, and it was a tag match, and it was Anderson, and I believe his tag team partner was Joe Guns, I believe, and they were wrestling. Greg the Hammer Valentine and a partner and his partner whose name slips off the top of my head. But that was a really tough match because at the end of that match I found myself in the figure four. Regardless <laughs> regardless of who won that match. I was on a receiving end of a figure four. It was very painful, I must say. Who put you in the figure four? Greg the Hammer Valentine of all people. <laughs> That's awesome. That's like, I mean, like it, a catch twenty two. It's like it's it's Yeah, it's an honor, an you honor know. to be in it, but it hurts like hell. Oh, absolutely. I had to get carried out of there. I was in so much pain. Wow. That, but, that, no, that. I mean, wrestling is fun. You know, I do suggest if anybody is interested in going to wrestling shows and, you know, getting involved in becoming a referee or a wrestler, come show up at training and make sure that you're devoted to the wrestling business because if you're not 100% into it, then you won't really enjoy this much. I'm able to. Here, where, where can we see you next? Uh, I will be... In November, I don't know the specific date. I believe it's the 16th. I will be at the BWO in Elmwood Park, New Jersey. Very cool. All right. Yeah, you know what, a, thanks. Good. I appreciate you um, letting me call to promote and to talk about this haunted house that we're doing, this charity no, benefit for kids No problem. Cancer. It sounds like a great cause. And why don't you, before we let you go, why don't you give us all the info one more time? All right, well, the event is called Committed to Curing Kids Cancer, and it's going to be Thursday, October 4th from 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. 
and most of the proceeds are going to the charity Make Some Noise Cure Kids Cancer. And for more tickets and information, check out BrightonAsylum.com, or you can check out the Ken Reedy Show Facebook page, where I will be posting more information about that later on in the evening. Thank you so much. Great call. Thank you for and, letting uh, me call, Ken. That link. We'll make sure to get that out on the website. Joe, thanks Absolutely. for calling. Absolutely. And keep your eye out for uh, Bob Arian, please. <laughs> we'll do so. <laughs> Thank you Talk. for letting me call. And no problem. Talk to you soon, man. All right. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye. Well, you know, good cause, and, and we're always ones to, uh, you know, help out a good cause. So Joe Garcia, a ref in the business, giving us a little insight on what it's like to uh, – referee matches uh doing some stuff to uh cure kids cancer and it's amazing like he he texted me and he's like do you mind if you like like i'm gonna say no you're you're looking to raise money to cure kids cancer of course by all means uh we're good people here so you know you want to call in you you got a good cause going on by all means call in and, and promote it i'm you know i'm you look. I, I'm not gonna say no, and you're not gonna have to jump through hoops. Just call in, promote your stuff, because uh, those are good causes. We had Bob Arian last week. We, uh, you know, we got along. We're amicable, and let him uh, promote his uh, Walk for Wishes. So we're all about doing good things out there and, and raising money for some good causes. And uh, you know, that's if we can do a little bit of good here. Uh, you know, Dave, I. I you know, you got to be a hundred percent in agreement, right? We'll just we'll we'll spread the good word. Yeah, absolutely. The only time we will say no is if uh, some random stripper wants to call on the show and uh, help us provide for her uh, her educational fund. Um, other than that, <laughs> if, you know, if it's for cancer or or you know, cancer for children or Make a Wish or anything like that, you, you'll never see you'll never hear the words no come out of uh, either of our mouths. Yeah, if it's a stripper, she's going to have to meet with us first. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, there's gonna have to be a lot of a lot of lap dances in her future <laughs> in order for her to get off the phone. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so, Dave, let's get back into it. How, how you doing this weekend? I, I'm I'm doing well. I'm, I'm I got I got over the uh, the Mike Ferrara uh, cold, and uh, <laughs> I, I'm back in the swing of things, ready to rock and roll. Yeah, it's been, you know, it's funny. It's been an odd weekend for me. And I got to give a shout out again as we're going like with the causes and stuff. Uh, uh, Jason Krause Scholarship uh, Fund. Um, I, I went to their event yesterday. Really nice job they all did. And I, I got to uh, give them a hand. Uh, you know, they had Daryl Strawberry, Greg Nettles, uh, Doc Gooden were all there. And it was just basically, it was 40 bucks to get in. Uh, drinking and eating were included in the 40, as as well as getting autographs and, and pictures with the athletes. So, uh, nice job they did there. And again, you know, I'm all about promoting causes. It's not, you know, it's not wrestling related, but uh, uh, I just wanted to give them a shout out because it was a fun day. Uh, Kennelly's in Congress, New York. Uh, they have like a nice uh, outdoor area in the back. Uh, Really nice job, barbecue food, and the athletes. And, uh, you know, it was weird, though, because I grew up. It, it turns out, like, I, I moved about the country, or the country, the tri-state area as I grew up, and then uh, wound up back in this area, and, and you wind up running into people that you knew for years. And, and I had one, that surreal moment uh, in my life where um ran into a girl that I had a, a tremendous crush on. 
when I was in high school. She was, she was a little bit of hotness. A little bit of hotness in the old high school. Didn't give me the time of day. And, uh, wow, yeah. Um, uh, put on a little bit since, since I... Since I had the crush, so it was a tremendous was, crush to tremendous amount of weight is what you're saying. Yeah, well, <laughs> like hey, yeah, hi, and and it's it was weird because like I like just like oh Ken Reedy, I'm like, yeah, I'm not gonna say her name, but I was like, wow, yeah, you, hey, um, so it was awkward. It was weird. Um, you felt good out. Myself, felt like I dodged a bullet a bit. Um, which was good, but, uh, yeah, it definitely was kind of surreal, but other than that, it was a great day, a great time, so kudos to, uh, the guys who organized the Jason Krause, uh, scholarship, uh, fundraiser, Jason Krause is a guy who, uh, at 33, which is horrible, uh, passed away of brain cancer, and, uh, a lot of his friends got together, and they decided to, uh, start a scholarship in his memory. So uh, this is the event they do every year to raise money, um, and they'll be doing it next year. So if we can wait, we can raise awareness. Um, cool in the gang. So uh, yeah, we were there yesterday. It was a good weekend, and uh, it was an amazing week because last week we're doing our show, and we we have again, and it's a love fest tonight. But we we keep talking about how much we love our listeners and our fans and. Uh, people calling in and wanting to talk, and and you guys are great. And it is really, I know I keep saying it, but it is really humbling. Like when you have this kind of support, because uh, you know we and and Dave will you know agree. Like we we just love the business. Uh, we really do, and I have a tremendous amount of respect for it. And just uh, hey, let's uh, let's get together once a week and talk about it. And uh, you know, I guess to a certain extent, it's selfish because we just want to. Another vehicle to hang out and talk about wrestling, uh, and it's just re- it's really cool that you guys uh, support us and and call in and talk about things, and it's just been really neat. It's been a cool journey. Three thousand listens again, and it's six thousand in two months. That's that just boggles my mind. But so I, we thank you. But with, with our calls, and 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 I I, I do think they're never going to admit it, but there's someone somewhere. In the WWE, that's listening to our show. They are. They're listening and they're taking ideas. Because last week, and and Dave, you know, we didn't think of this. We didn't talk about it. Um, we we're throwing around ideas like who would be the heir apparent to John Cena if John Cena went down for any prolonged amount of time, or if he was down for now. And it wound up being longer than people anticipated. A short-term replacement, if you will. And Dank. Dank, who is who's won, uh, he won a contest. He got an autographed picture of Matt Hardy, as well as a Ken Reedy Show t-shirt. Uh, gives us a call and, and says, well, what about Ryback? What about Ryback? What about Ryback? And it kind of threw us a bit because we weren't thinking Ryback. His name didn't come up, and uh, we kind of debated a bit, and maybe he'd be a good idea for the short term. We didn't really know. But something, again, Dave and I did not think of. And lo and behold, Monday Night Raw, backstage, who shows up 
eyeballing CM Punk, eyeballing the WWE champion, none other than Mr. Ryback. Dave, I just I I was shocked, but uh, what did you think about what you saw in Raw? I liked it. Um, you know, I, we both on last week's show said that you know we didn't even talk about the the possibility. Dank brought it up, and you know, I, I personally said you know that's something that could be down the road for him, um, but I think he's he'd have to kind of hang out in the mid card a little bit, and you know. Uh, and the company would have to see if they can put any kind of faith into him, seeing how well he performs in that in that particular role. Um, I like the idea. I thought it was something different, um, that uh, something fresh. And uh, from what I read online this week, that it was a last-minute decision to do that, and apparently the live crowd in the arena um, in Albany did not um, – did not see the interaction with uh, Ryback and CM Punk on the, on the Titantron. It was only the viewers at home that watched it. So that's why there wasn't any kind of reaction. Normally you hear like a crowd reaction for something on the screen that's going on backstage. You didn't get that. Um, and from what I understand, because of John Cena's uh, current injury, um, he tentatively penciled in to face CM Punk inside Hell in the Cell for the championship um, on the 28th of uh, October. But they're still not 100% sure yet. And from what I read, the Ryback stare down with CM Punk at the end of Monday's Raw was um, a backup plan of sorts in the event that Cena can't make it. And um, something that will plant the seeds that if they need somebody in, in a role to face CM Punk, that they got Ryback. So if John Cena makes it to Hell in a Cell and, and wrestles you know, against CM Punk, um, you know, we won't see Ryback, obviously, but um, this is something that's just planting the seeds in the fans' minds so that they know that, you know, next time Ryback does have a confrontation of sorts with CM Punk, there's an explanation kind of behind it in a way. Um, but I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was cool. Um, and it, it only helps Ryback um, having FaceTime on TV with uh, the quote-unquote man in the company, CM Punk. So thumbs up for me. Yeah, I kind I kind of liked it, and and to be honest with you, I mean, I, I thought the jobber thing went a little long, and uh, you know, it was getting old for me. But I I kind of got to admit, I'm I'm kind of getting into Ryback a little bit. You know, I mean, he he is what he is, and it, it look, I'm not lying. It might get old, uh, you know, after time. I mean, obviously the guy is is limited. But uh, yeah, you know when he when he put up Lord Tensai, I was I I don't know I thought it was kind of cool. I, I kind of getting into him. Though he is so over. I mean the live crowds are so into him. Um, I liked it. I liked it a lot because I, I thought it was one of those situations where it's it's win win. Um, if you're in a pinch and you need Ryback to go up against. Uh, CM Punk, you know, Ryback loses, that's okay. He can lose to Punk. Punk's the champ. He's not, I don't, you know, to me, to this wrestling fan, I don't think Ryback looks weaker losing to CM Punk. Um, you know, if they have to go in that direction, uh, 
you know, you could have Ryback beat Punk in a non-title matchup. Uh, Punk's good enough where I, I don't think it really makes him look weaker, uh, depending on the situation. Um, I, I just think it's good all around. It's a good stopgap. It's, you know, let's let's put him in that position. You know, as of right now, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow night, but as of right now, he's just eyeballed Punk. So what they did is they created a history. There's a history right now. Uh, there, there's something there. It's minute, but there's something. If they need to thrust Ryback into that role, fine. You know, and that would work. If, they, if, if they're in a pinch and all of a sudden Cena can't get back for Hell in a Cell, you know, you can have Ryback toss CM Punk about the cage at Hell in a Cell for a few minutes. And, uh, you know, eventually Punk figures out some underhanded way to, to win the match. Totally works. As far as I'm concerned, it works. So I, I, I think it's pretty good writing. And we, we, we can be critical here. Not lying, we've been critical, but when, when writing works, you know, writing works. And uh, it's the perfect safety net. What they did on Monday Night Raw with that s- small, short segment at the end was they, they, they set up that safety net. That if, lo and behold, uh, a couple weeks beforehand, John Cena comes into the offices at Stanford and says, guys, it's just the elbow's not getting better. I, I just, I can't. I can't go. They can set up Ryback, CM Punk. The biggest problem to me, and, and I'd like to know what you think, Dave, as far as uh, the main event at Hell in a Cell, I don't know if that's a main event. I know it's the WWE Championship, Um you know, do they wind up flip-flopping and, and, and uh, you know, changing the booking of the event? Because, you know, do, do we wind up seeing uh, Sheamus versus Big Show being the main event if Ryback has to go after the WWE title? Again, and this is all speculation. We can have such a great time talking about it because what else are we going to do for these two hours? Because if I had to bet my paycheck... I would say that John Cena is going to be showing up anyway. So this conversation is probably all for naught because John Cena is a freak of nature who, like, he's he's the closest thing to Wolverine we have in real life. So I, I think Cena will be healed up and he'll be fine and we will see him at Hell in a Cell. However, if they have to go the ride back direction, I don't have a problem with it. And I, and I think they just have to change the booking of the event. Your thoughts, Dave? Um, yeah, I don't know if the I there's there's two theories on this. One, um just putting Ryback in a role like that on pay per view is big enough alone where it wouldn't necessarily have to be the main event. If it were to close out the show it would and he were to perform well, then the green light is a go to go further with him, um in that role. Um but if he falls flat on his face and, you know, puts out a poor performance in the last match of the pay-per-view, then you know where, you know, the company's going to uh, move forward towards. It's not going to be Ryback. Um, as far as Sheamus and Big Show goes, um, which was made official on Friday, um, it, we don't even know if that's going to be inside Hell in a Cell. That, that wasn't necessarily made official. But the rumors are is that with Cena's injury, 
um, and other things he's gone through with his divorce and his just hectic travel schedule um, that the company's looking to groom the next top guy to be the face of the company, and Sheamus has been heavily talked about for being that guy. Um, the only downside on that, from what I've read, and it's reported that the, some company officials don't feel Sheamus um, as a top guy would work for the long term because he's in his mid-30s, um, like John Cena. They're looking to groom somebody more um, in their mid to late 20s to get a longer run out of that person. Um, but it would be a it would be a good test for Sheamus um, to close out a pay per view, um, and if you also remember, about three years ago I believe it was, um, even though he didn't main event a pay per view, Sheamus was only around for like two months and he got a title shot and won, and nobody thought a snowball chance in hell that he was going to win. Some of the marks online could say that they did. Some of them could say, oh, I picked Sheamus just because you know it was something different to. To do, and you know, and someone could say they've seen talent potential in him the minute he walked out the curtain. But I personally didn't see him leaving that night against John Cena with the title. Um, so this would be a good test for Sheamus. I think if Ryback were put in that position, they'll probably go middle of the card, maybe even second to last match. But I don't think it would be the main event. Um, they would be taking a huge risk if they put him and CM Punk as the last match on the show. Well, yeah, because you don't know, like, if he's, you know, there's always that pressure of main eventing, you know, and it's, uh, you know, in life in general, especially when you're putting together a show, you always want to set people up to succeed. And, uh, you know, main eventing against CM Punk might not be the, the best thing for Ryback. But, again, like I said, I, I think the, the writing, it's a good move. It's a good safety net. And, and we'll see what happens. You do bring up good points uh, when you look at, you know, who possibly would be the next 20-something to, uh, you know, take over and be the next big thing. Uh, wow. I, I don't know. I don't know who's the guy you, you give the keys to the car to right now. And You know what? In all honesty, maybe we don't know that guy. Maybe that guy is in developmental right now. Who knows? But, uh, um, yeah, I mean, I like Sheamus. I think Sheamus has got a lot to offer. And, uh who knows? Maybe he could be the, the heir apparent. Uh, but again, you are listening to the Ken Reedy Show, the best in pro wrestling talk. 347-838-9815 is the number to call. And just to let you all guys know, uh, after the news break at the top of the hour, we're going to have Brian Webster from NWA Wrestling uh, giving us a call, giving us uh, the lowdown of what's going on in uh, the NWA and, and giving us you know maybe a, a history lesson because he's been on the business for a long time looking forward to that interview and you guys are great we got a jam-packed phone line so you know what um, I should probably go out to the phones you know it's funny Dave and I think it's just, this is awesome but it turns out you know, and we do we talk we meet we schedule the shows every time we decide we're going to go TNA heavy we have, like, the, the biggest bank of calls ever. And we wind up not... Last week, we were going to go TNA heavy, but uh, we let the callers call and talk about what they want. So we go in that direction. And we have we have TNA stuff we want to talk about. We're going to try and get to it. But uh, most importantly is getting to your calls. So we're going to head right out to the uh, phone lines. And right now, I believe this is Tony. Tony, are you there? Hey, how you doing, Ken? Doing all right. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Ah, oh, man. So, yeah, I've been uh, 
lot of uh, as far as the right back stuff goes. Yeah, I was uh, kind of thinking the same. Yeah, I, mean, I actually liked the uh, the end. Uh, you know, when uh, he st- when he stared Punk down. You know, I actually did. I didn't uh, expect it. Actually, you know, I saw you know, at the end of the show. You know, seeing Punk was just like. Oh yeah, and then you know, and uh, they showed the. I'm like, well, God, it's right back. It's like they're really, you know, it's like they're really, uh, really strapping the rockets to, to, to him. You know, I mean, I, I, I mean, we'll see how he does. But um, if they do like a, like if CNA is going to be out, which, I mean, you know, knowing the like you were saying, you know, knowing the kind of guy that he is, you know, it's like I don't. Uh, he'll, he'll be there if he can, if it's if it's possible. I think you know, but. Uh, Punk Ryback is pretty much like the only guy that I can that, that I can come up with too that who can actually be in the uh, uh, you know, in the title on because you know they're you know he's they really, you know like I said they've been booking him better than uh, than they've really been doing with anybody you know I mean as, as far as the baby faces go uh, but you know like I said, even you know it's like if they, if they have him lose at uh, Hell in a Cell to Punk if they even do the you know, if they do if they have to do right back versus punk, you know, they can they can have him lose, you know, and then um like you were saying, you know, have punk like do something do something on their hand, like do some kind of cheating or whatever. I mean it's not really cheating it's just so much, but you know, it's uh they could always do that, but you know, um but you know, if Cena does make it to the show, I mean they can always, you know, I mean he did beat the uh mid last week, you know, I'm obviously you know it's like they could maybe, you know, put the intercontinental you know, put the intercontinental belt on him. And and then you know it's like you know, it's like every you know, like every one every once in a while every now and then you know like after you know, like after Punk uh, has like a, a match or a promo or whatever he can like come out you know and just be like you know point to the belt you know, like kind of like point to the belt and do the whole feed me more bit you know it's like you know kind of motion that he you know he's got the IC belt but he want you know he he wants he wants the top belt you know he wants to be he wants to be the guy. I, I couldn't uh, agree with you more. I think that's that's a great point. I think we touched on it last week a little bit. You know. Uh, having a belt almost makes the "feed me more" chant more relevant. Yep. You know that this this isn't good enough for me. I want more. If I, you know, it almost gives that which which is great for the character. You know, the character Ryback. You know, if I don't have the IC, the US, the tag team, the WWE, and the World Heavyweight Championship, well, it's not enough. I'm always looking for more. Um, and I agree with you. I, I think that he can lose to Punk and not lose any credibility or any uh, strength as far as uh, you know the audience. So I, I, I thought it was uh, well done. I'm curious your thoughts, Tony. And for those of you who don't know who Tony is, Tony is our expert blogger, the best blogger in the business. He... Uh, on the KenryShow.com, we have his blogs for uh, Impact, SmackDown, and Monday Night Raw, so be sure to check that out. But uh, in a pinch, if they had to go long-term, uh, do you see anybody in the company that would be the heir apparent if John Cena went down for a long period of time? I don't know. Uh, that's, that's a really tough call, you know, because the way they book, you know, they don't really book guys to be main eventers for the most part. I mean, you know, I, I mean, if they had to, like, maybe they could turn, like, a, like the, I don't know if they could turn, like, a Cody Rhodes or Dolph Ziggler babyface if they wanted to have them go up against CM Punk if they needed to. But, uh, um, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, even, even, like, even Seamus, you know, like, Seamus, I know you're saying that um, they, they were kind of not, uh, they were kind of hesitant to, uh, to give it to, to make him to give him the long term because he's like around the same age as Cena, but 
I don't know. I mean, besides Heyman, you know, I mean, Randy Orton's already, like, as a, you know, I don't know if they if put Randy Orton in there. It's kind of have they been there, done that feeling. So. Uh, I agree with you. It's weird. And it's, it's tough for a guy like Orton. I mean, I like Orton. I think he's talented as hell, but, uh, you know, sorted history. So, uh, you know, I, and even, look, I mean, I get it. Like, if I ran a company and, and with Orton's history, yeah, I, I don't know if I make him my, my focal point, to be perfectly honest. Uh, you know, so I, I get it. Um, all the talent in the world, and I love what Orton brings to the table, but, um, yeah, I don't know if he's the guy uh, to put in that spot. So who knows? Who knows? But I think all of us are in agreement that, uh, you know, the Ryback thing can be a good thing. Uh, Tony, as always, thank you for the phone call. Uh, absolutely. I love calling on the show. Love having you a part of the show, and uh, again, great with the blogs. Be sure to check out Tony's blogs on the dot com. We'll talk to you next week. Yeah, actually, before we go, um, I believe House of uh, Hardcore has their premiere, has their uh, debut show this Saturday at the uh, in uh, Poughkeepsie. Hell yeah! Yeah, I, I plan to be at that. Awesome, I, I will be at that as well. So hopefully we can uh, hook up at some point. But uh, looking for it's a stacked awesome. roster, so I'm looking forward to a good show that night. Yeah, that should be, yeah, that should be really awesome. That's y'all. Cool. I'll talk to you soon. I, you know, next week, you know, think about it. Take some notes. We'll uh, talk about House of Hardcore on uh, next week's show. Right. Take it easy. It's Tony. I mean, I guess we're all kind of in agreement that uh, w- the way they're using Ryback is is cool. Um, it's weird because I, I guess all of us as well are in agreement that we don't see Ryback as a long term uh, solution, but uh, in the short term. You know, he could be interesting. But, I, you know, the, the past few times I've seen him, and look, let's face it. I mean, we're not stupid. We know it. it it's a fairly one-dimensional character. Uh, he's a big mother effer that can lift two people at once. Uh, he's a brawler. He's got a limited move set. But there's just something about him. And it's kind of the Goldberg thing, and we get it, but man, you know, you watch him. He's over. The crowd is getting into him big time. The live audience is really into him. And, you know, I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not running out to buy, you know, the Ryback t-shirt, but you can't argue with the fact that the live audiences are, are really, really into him. So, I mean, He's over right now, and if you're going to pick someone to, to be put in that spot, uh, you know, he might be the guy, at least short term. We're going to go back out to the calls because I think we have Mr. Trivia on the line. Let's see. Technology. Mr. Trivia, you there? Yeah, Ken. How are you? Hey, you doing, Mike? Good to talk to you. Good. We just uh, dotted the I's and crossed the T's for your appearance on the show October 9th. Looking forward to it. You know, recently, uh, just, uh, you know, it, it's Top Rope, WPAA.TV, but this past week, uh, you had a very special guest on the show. Ah, uh, yeah, we did. It was uh, it was real big. We had uh, the legendary Vader was on the show this past Tuesday night, and it went, went along real well. You know, between him and Ox Baker, I don't know who was going to tear down the set more. <laughs> uh, what were some of the things that Vader talked about? Uh, he talked about his uh, 
21 championships and how he held uh, three titles on three different continents at the same time. And, you know, we went over, you know, who trained him and um, just basically, you know, how he got his start, you know, him playing football and being in the Super Bowl with the Rams. He had a Super Bowl ring there. And so it was actually pretty good. Definitely cool. the biggest get- Definitely the biggest guest we've had until October ninth. <laughs> but uh, did, you have, did, you have him, did you have him make it to Enfield? Uh, uh, yesterday, no, I didn't make it to Enfield yesterday. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I was unfortunate that uh, you know I'm still out here in Pennsylvania, and I uh, happened to find a wrestling organization out here. So, yeah, tell us about the, that. Yeah, it's called the uh, W. XCW, I believe it's called, out of uh, Allentown, Pennsylvania. I got the uh, information from Flick Wagner Brown. So I sent them some information about what I used to do back in Connecticut, and I contacted a couple of local TV stations there about possibly bringing the top rope out here to Pennsylvania. So uh, hopefully we'll get some information going about that. They've got Snitsky on their roster. They've got uh, Axel Rotten. You know, so they've got some names that have been in the area, been in the, the federations before. Very cool. So, uh, sounds good. Yeah, so. by all means, you know, post their info on our Facebook page, and we'll, uh, you know, we'll promote that stuff as well. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I'll be uh, listening because I got the uh, the question that I asked on Tuesday night. Nobody was able to answer, so I was just wondering if any of your callers out there can uh, answer this question. So I'll be listening to see if anybody calls in with the answer. And the question was... Um, who are the only two single wrestlers that Hulk Hogan has never pinned on a pay-per-view? And that includes the rematch. I know that one. Uh, you so know he, that he's, one? he's wrestled them on pay-per-views. But he's never yeah, he's pinned wrestled them. them on pay-per-views and he's never pinned them. And that includes the rematch. All right. I'm going I'm yeah, to defer to Dave. Uh, Dave, no, you think I you have not, it? I might not know that one. I know, I, I know one of them is Ox Baker. Nope. Really? Oh, okay. Oh, you said pay-per-view. That's right. I'm sorry. Pay-per-view, yeah. Hogan, I mean, Ox Baker was the only one to knock out Hogan three nights in a row. I was going to say Vader, but he did beat Vader in the cage in 95 at Bass at the Beach, so. That, that, well, uh, you got you got, you got got one of them right. It was Vader. No, but he, but he beat Vader in the cage. Well, I got the information. I got the information the other day, and it said that it was uh, one of them was Vader. But did he win? But not pin him. I I believe I believe he won, but not pinned him because the question that I was the question that I was sent was the only two singles wrestlers he he faced in pay per views that he never pinned, and that includes the rematch, and one of them was Vader, and who was the second one? Is it The Rock? Piper, maybe? Nope. What about The Rock? Nope. Really? Because he never beat The Rock, and uh, they wrestled twice. Okay. And the other one is Goldberg. Yeah. Well, there they you go. They never wrestled on pay-per-view. Huh? They never wrestled on pay-per-view, Hogan and Goldberg. Well, that's the information that I that was sent to my page. Uh, I, usually have, I usually have people say, I mean, I can research it again, but that's the information that I got. <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to research that further. Well, uh, 
Always a pleasure talking to you. Looking forward to being on Top Rope TV uh, October 9th. All right, Ken. Great. And uh, Dave, we'll talk to you guys later, and we'll we'll catch you on the 9th. Cool. Talk yeah, to I'll you be soon. There, definitely. Take All it right. Easy, man. Take care. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny when, like, you know, people people have, like, wrestling trivia and then, you know, most. But The Rock, as far as that question would be worded, The Rock would have to be one of them. Yeah, because they wrestled twice, and Hogan lost both matches, and Rock pinned them both. Um, I mean, if, you, if you're talking technicality by win or pinfall, I mean, Hogan beat Vader. They wrestled three times on pay-per-view, and he, he, he beat Vader the, the third time, I believe. I mean... But The Rock pinned I, I mean, The Rock pinned well, Hogan. Any wrestling fans out there that are listening, if you want to call in and try and stump us with a question, if you go to any other, if you go to any other wrestling radio show out there, but please don't because ours is the best. And if you call into the top or wherever, please, by all means, I beg you, do your research. Okay? Because unfortunately... I'm not married, and I don't have children, and wrestling <laughs> has taken a good portion of my life. And so, you know, I work for a living. I, I don't just sit in the basement and watch wrestling all day. You know, I, I've had girlfriends before, too. Currently, I'm single. So for any of you female listeners out there that want to apply, by all means, go ahead. But seriously, do your research, okay? <laughs> yeah, it's right. Yeah, just... Tapes that are like onion skin thin that I used to watch over and over and over again, and that's why I didn't have a girlfriend in high school. <laughs> it's funny because, like, you know, for a lot of us wrestling fans, it's like we're 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 immediately like, you know, we hear a trivia question and it's now it's wrong, wrong. We know because uh, we we do know way too much about professional wrestling. See, it's interesting because. You're talking about not having a girlfriend, and I have a girlfriend who's a wrestling fan. So um, yeah, that's what I need to find. So that's what I need to find. Like I, I need to find. Do you have a dating site for like wrestling fans? <laughs> really? You know, <laughs> seriously. Because you know what? I, I, you know, I've gone on dating sites before, and like some chicks are like you like wrestling, and then there's a couple I meet that are into it, but then it, 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 their personality sucks. You know, but like, then you have a dating site for wrestling fan? Like, you really like, do? Like, like steelcasemax.com. Yeah, marksinlove.com. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I mean, looks do count in some ways, but, you know, marksinlove.com. That's what they, you know, we should patent that and promote it. And, we should. We really know. should. Um, so, you know what? If you're if you're an attractive single female, uh, you know, you have to post a picture as well. But feel free to post your info on our Facebook page. Uh, we need to find Dave, uh, a, a nice a nice girl. Who also yeah. likes wrestling? A Ken Reedy Show T-shirt and a date with me. Exactly. <laughs> That's what you win. It's a new contest. The the having a Ken Reedy Show sign at a live event has not worked, so we're gonna we'll scratch that contest. Yeah, you win a T-shirt and a date. Uh, it's just <laughs> just throwing a picture. Oh wow, we're going off the the tracks here. Let's go back out to the phones. Uh, call, are you there? Yo, what's up, guys? It's Mike. Mike, how you doing? I'm laughing because, Dave, I'm thinking the same thing that you are, bro. <laughs> I, I, every every time I get it, but I, I did have a, a girlfriend in high school, uh, and I do have, you know, a life, but uh, I'm telling you, man, this Mr. Trivia, he needs to change his name to Mr. Wrongia. He's, he was dead wrong on that, but hey. 
I have a trivia question for you guys. All right. Okay, it's it's pretty easy. I mean, if your listeners want to try it, you guys, which is the only WWF belt that Hulk Hogan never won? The Intercontinental Championship. There you go, brother. You got well, that's a lollipop one, right? You got it. That's good. <laughs> that's, and, and that's listen, good I, won't, I won't accept any prizes or, or rewards from you, Mike. So you, I'll, I'll be, that's a freebie. But the bottom no, line is that he should have you all, I'm he been you all IC favor. champion. Because yeah, he's the exactly. best ever. <laughs> uh, Hogan never needed to be IC champion. He didn't even need to be taken champion with Edge, actually. That was fun, though. That was a fun nostalgia yeah. kind of run with uh, Edge and Edge being uh, a fan as a kid. and yeah, I, I thought that was fun. But you're right. Hogan didn't need it. No. And, you know, just like Roddy Piper said that he didn't need a belt either. But you know what? The the uh, the Intercontinental title looked good on Roddy Piper. Oh, yeah. And an underrated you know. WrestleMania match. Uh, I know. Piper that, was a great, that was great. The interview was great with that. Oh, I just loved what Piper said. I loved you as a kid. He used to go up to his little heart and touch him, and and he said, "I'm not. T- don't touch me. He said, take your hands off me." And Piper said, "Well, you know, with the whole thing with it, and uh, we're trying to have a nice match here." He said, "I want my belt." He said, "Oh, you want your belt?" And then they went out there. Roddy Piper tried almost looked like he was going to turn heel, and then he drew the belt away, and then drew the match away, and and who walked out the best? And they hugged each other, and everybody loved it. Definitely good stuff. So, so how's, this, everything, how's everything going with you guys? Going all right, you know, plugging away, talking about... Uh, actually, we were talking a lot about uh, Ryback and uh, him confronting CM Punk. What yeah, do you think about I'm not that? Happy, I'm not happy with that at all. Um, as I said last week, I think they're showing too much of the guy. Um, you know, I understand that they have, you know, talent down. That's fine. But how about Punk kicking Nick Foley? Because that sounds like, to me, that Mick Foley and Punk are going to fight. You know? I mean, that's the way I'm looking at it. But it's honestly, I'm think... oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I, I, I don't know where, where Mick Foley is health-wise. I mean, I did think that, that if if he could and if Cena couldn't, even if it's not for the title, I was like, man, CM Punk versus Mick Foley in Hell in a Cell. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'll think. sign that's up for that in a heartbeat. Yeah, that's what I was. That's what I was thinking. But then my my little nephew says to me, Uncle Mike, Ryback. You know, watch who confronts him at the end, uh, Ryback. And then I watched it. I was like, Why? What are they doing with this? You know. But I I understand. I just don't want Ryback to go, um, you know, too fast, too soon, and then uh, he's gonna end up like Tatanka losing to Lou Big Borg or whatever his name is with the one, you know, with the streak over, or you know. Well, Goldberg, when he lost to Nash with the streak because of Scott Hall with the zapper. You know? I remember with the taser. The taser, zapper, you know. Yeah, what um, did you, what did you are, think? Oh, Just curious, what did you think? I thought Mick Foley's, uh, I thought his promo was great. I, yeah. I thought Mick Foley pulled off a, a great promo that night. What did you think of that? I thought it was good. You know, Mick Foley is a great promo guy, always has been. Always love Foley. I think so. You know, Foley, yeah, I, I think I think though, leading into this whole disrespecting with Punk is, is where it's at. But you know, everybody has their own deal. You know. Yeah, I, I hear you, man. Um, um guys, before you, if, I was going to say, I got a cup. I got a plug, actually. If, if oh yeah, guys. Um, UWA Elite. I talked about it last week. Today, um, today we we uh, did a TV taping show show with them. And those guys are very cool. They opened up their doors to us. 
and I actually got to manage Magic a couple of times, and I got my ass kicked by, by this stupid guy. His name is John Rome, and he walks around with this guy, the guy named The Bull, and um, what do you call it? It hurt me really bad, actually. I'm at, I'm at a quick check in Jersey with Magic, and that's the, the, whole, the whole story behind that. So, um, again, it's UWA Elite, and they have a show um, coming up on, on October the, um, the 12th. And you can go to their information, uwaelite.com, and also like their Facebook, UWA Elite uh, Facebook. They, um, they got some good uh, wrestlers over there. Joey Adams is a good wrestler. Um, Arcadia, you probably got, you guys not, probably know Arcadia. Arcadia's been there, you know, wrestling, you know, a couple of guys like that. Very cool. Sounds good. Now, you know what I'm thinking? Because I keep seeing your Facebook statuses, and you've been hitting the gym hard. So, you know, people should you know, be careful to mess with well, you because you Well, you know, you know, you're right. But you know what, though? I also have been promoting these guys. Um, like today I put on my Facebook. Because I know you guys will help them out. They're a good company. They're a group, good group of guys. But speaking of hitting the gym hard, there's blood. EWO's coming up. And Tony Scott has been running his mouth. And then I think Tony Scott's going to be really unhappy with me because I got body parts for Tony Scott. Are you talking through a megaphone? <laughs> no, sorry. It's my phone. Sorry about that. What happened? Sorry. That's okay. No problem. Mike, it's always a pleasure. You're giving us a buzz. Thanks for your support, and we'll be sure no, to thank keep supporting you guys. Listen, I, I help you guys out. You guys help me out. I, I, I appreciate it. And, yes, Ken, I have been hitting – to Jim Hard because since I got back, you know, with my health wise. And Dave, how are you feeling since I got you sick, bro? I I, I got over the Mike Ferrara cold, but I think you know what you, you're you're since you've been hitting the gym pretty hard. I think I think that's why the cold went away. But uh, yeah, you keep because I'm, I'm not. You know, I I am. I'm in shape. I'm I'm up on all my wrestling, and I thank you guys um for everything as always, Ken. It's a pleasure. Dave, I hope you get the girl, and I hope she gets the, t- the Ken Reedy t-shirt, because I didn't get a Ken Reedy t-shirt, you know? I'm going to get one out to you. All right. And, uh, if, and, 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 uh, you're not going to date with me. You just get a yeah, shirt, okay? Uh, yeah, I don't want to yeah. No, actually, you know what? There's a guy. There's, a, there's somebody I, I could set you up with, a, a nice a nice uh, young young lady, somebody from Christian Law's uh, people. How do you like that? No, 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 no. Please, no, no. <laughs> Hi, Ken. 
Justin. How you doing, buddy? I missed you. I miss you too. How are things going with you? Oh, very good, Ken. I love your show. It's it's been it's fantastic. I I appreciate the uh the uh, kind words. Uh did you watch wrestling this week? I did too, Ken. Uh what'd you like this week? Well, I think John Cena should shape up a little bit. Think he needs to shape up? Oh yeah. What what is he why do you need think he needs to shape up? Because he's cool. He's a he's a cool wrestler and he needs to uh get his act together, that's all. So you think he needs to go after uh, CM Punk? Oh yeah. Just kick him in the butt. <laughs> Uh, it's good stuff, Justin. I always love when you call and uh, hey, tremendous cool. insight on on wrestling. Anything else you got for us? Uh, you're cool, man. I, I appreciate that. What do you think of uh, my co-host Dave? Oh, he's awesome. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh my god. He's Justin, awesome. It's always what a pleasure. Ken? Justin, thanks for being part of the show. We'll talk to you soon. Oh, thank you, Ken. Take it easy. Okay. Uh, and again, I, I, I love doing this show. We're ah. getting some love over here. What's going on? We are. See, we we gotta like I gotta like get someone to write these down and just like you know, just do a whole thing. Like the reviews are in, and you you got like you got an awesome. You're awesome. I got an awesome. Yeah. You get an awesome. Wow. You're, you're like the Miz of the Ken Reedy show. No, no, now you just ruined it. <laughs> now you just ruined it. Uh, now I just want to hide away in my basement and watch hours of wrestling. <laughs> wow, you know, you never know where this show is is going to go on on a given night. Um, it, it's kooky, and again, when we we talked about scheduling stuff, and we were like, you know, we don't talk about it enough. So that that six thirty to seven o'clock half hour, damn it, we are going to hit some TNA. Let's talk TNA. That's a uh, strap me to a lie detector. That was our pre-show meeting. We are talking TNA, and lo and behold, yeah, we we didn't talk any TNA, but we will try to get some TNA on the other side of the break. Again, remember after the news break, we're going to get uh, uh Brian Webster will be calling in uh, NWA guy, uh, been in the business quite some time. Give us a little bit of history and. Uh, He's involved with the upcoming TV show, the NWA on Fire show, that uh, yours truly will be doing some commentating for. Uh, we're real excited about that. Um, but, you know, we're we're right around that time, so we're a little early, but why not? Let's get into it. You know what it's time for? We're going to go right to Dave for the 50-50 Dave 5 News Report. Thank you very much, Ken. This is the Day 5 News Report, only heard here on the Ken Reedy Show. Our first story this week, last week, WWE struck a deal with the highly popular television programming online streaming site Hulu to stream all WWE content, a deal which become very profitable for the WWE in the long run. A new piece of information came out this week regarding that deal. First and foremost, it's been reported that the original idea was to use Hulu as a launching pad for the new upcoming WWE Network, airing shows such as The Legends House and other new WWE programming. But reportedly, 
Vince McMahon shot down that idea, which potentially cost the WWE upwards of $20 million in revenue. The new deal that is currently in place allows Hulu subscribers to view Raw, SmackDown, Superstars, NXT, WWE Main Event, which, by the way, is set to debut on the ION channel this Wednesday night, and Saturday Morning Slam. However, subscribers of Hulu have reported publicly that Hulu only airs 90 minutes of Monday Night Raw. A Hulu representative this week said that the deal that was made by WWE only allows them the right to air 90 minutes of the three-hour Raws. All other WWE content is viewed on Hulu in its entirety. In our second story this week, goodbye, goodbye, says former WWE diva Kelly Kelly, as she and the WWE could not come to terms on a new contract. Therefore, she was released by the company on Friday. Reportedly, both parties were working on an agreement with Kelly Kelly to allow the Divas to work on outside projects while under WWE contract. Apparently, that's where negotiations broke down. And on a personal note, Kelly, if you want to be a part of our movement here at the Ken Reedy Show, I have plenty of positions you could fill. If you're interested, please contact Ken or our producer, Michelle, on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. We would love to have you. In a rather odd yet humorous news story this week, former 16-time World Heavyweight Champion Ric Flair is at it again, doing what he does best, selling himself, but this time to all of you for Halloween. Ric Flair's official website is selling Halloween costumes of the nature board (laughs) for $250. The costume package is billed as Limited time only purchases. The package includes a black robe, a blonde wig, a pink boa, sunglasses, and a replica world title signed by Flair himself. If the packages come with stacks of $100 bills, a limousine, and multiple gorgeous women, then I might just take a chance this year when I go trick-or-treating. PW Insider reported this week that TNA is no longer allowing their contracted talent to appear on DVDs of independent wrestling events sold by those promotions. Since 2004, TNA has allowed talent to appear on DVDs as long as they were being sold directly by the promotion and not by a third party like Best Buy or Walmart. Because of this new rule, Chavo Guerrero, newly signed talent in TNA, has been pulled from the October 6th NSPW event in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Our last story of this week comes from TNA, which can be seen in a ragged, rather negative light. Former TNA star Scott Steiner has, re- has responded to TNA's lawsuit that was filed against him in June with a countersuit. The first lawsuit claims that Steiner breached his contract by, ma- by making disparaging remarks about the company, Hulk Hogan, Eric Bischoff, Bruce Pritchard, and others. TNA has been seeking damages and an injunction to stop Steiner from speaking out. Steiner responded to his countersuit and is alleging that they breached their contract with him. Steiner alleges that TNA failed to properly provide an accounting of all royalty payments due to him, failed to provide royalty statements of all merchandise royalties to him, and video royalties owed to him. Steiner has demanded judgment in a yet-to-be-determined amount. Scott Steiner is also denying that he ever agreed not to speak out against TNA and that his speaking out against them would breach his deal. Steiner is demanding that TNA throw out the lawsuit against him. If the case continues, Big Papa Pump has asked for a jury trial. 
our friends over at the gun show, Steve Off, El Pundo, and the crazy Bob Arian. Check them out on YouTube, YouTube slash Steve Off. They got all kinds of hijinks going on, wrestling-related, non-wrestling-related. It's a pretty entertaining show. You ought to check it out. And, of course, a special cause from that what Bob Arian mentioned on last week's show, the Walk for Wishes. Walk for Wishes, October 13th at Liberty State Park, Jersey City, New Jersey. Bob Arian, Steve Off, and others from the world of wrestling will be walking for Make-A-Wish. The walk starts at 10 a.m. Go to www.walkforwishesesnj.org and join Harold Heroes. A $25 registration fee is required, but that is a small price to pay to put a smile on a child's face. There you have it for the Day 5 News Report, only heard here on the Ken Reedy Show. Ken, back to you. Good stuff, good stuff. And again, we've made it a little bit easier for you, so if you didn't quite catch it, you're trying to, oh God, I grabbed a pen and I I didn't get all the info down. Uh, We got the link for the the, uh, Walks for Wishes on the KenReedyShow.com, so... Head on over to our website, just click on the link, and you can uh, get involved there uh, if you want to get involved. Good cause. Good cause. I don't always see eye to eye uh, with uh, one Mr. Bob Arian, but this is one of the things that you know we agree on. So it's a good cause. Just head over if you didn't get all the info. I know it's tough. Things are going. You're like, you know, you have the show on in the background. You're like, oh, I got to get a pen. Oh, I didn't get it. Oh, no. Just go to the website, KenReadyShow.com. we got the link right there, and you can uh, get involved. And we're going to go out to the phones because, as I said, we do have one Brian Webster is heavily involved in the NWA and NWA on fire. Uh, and he's got a segment coming up on the, the new show, and we have him on the line. So we're going to pull him up. Brian, are you there? Mr. Ken Reedy, good evening, sir. Good evening to you. How are you doing tonight? Just fine, thank you. I got to tell you, this is the uh, the epitome of what every wrestling gig should be. Sitting here at home in a t-shirt, my elastic waist sweatpants, and a rum and coke. This is this is terrific. That's awesome. I'm glad you're hanging out, uh, <laughs> uh, listening to us. Um, yeah, just for for listeners who may not uh, be fully aware of uh, your involvement in the wrestling business, uh, why don't you give everyone a little bit of uh, some Brian Webster history? Well, it, uh, it goes all the way back to 1991, Ken. I was uh, a very young man, uh, newly married, <clears throat> and uh, what was then known as International World Class Championship Wrestling was bringing their show to a very small town up in New Hampshire, which was about two or three hours from my house. And uh, I said to my wife, I want to go uh, see if I can get involved in this. Uh, she, you know looked at me like I was crazy, but we packed the car up, got in, took the drive, I auditioned, and uh, the rest is history, and through the years, I, uh, I've had uh, a tremendous uh, opportunity to work with uh, the Savoldis, who um, who have just been uh, terrific friends and uh, great professionals, and uh, I mean, it's been a heck of a ride. Just curious, like, what made you, I mean, you said you, you, you packed up, and and that's cool, and I think for all of us that you know, you know, Dave's single, so he's trying to find uh, someone. But for all of us who are are involved, uh, the the women who support and say, uh, yeah, it's wrestling, but go ahead, dear. Um, that that's quite a blessing. Um, it sure what, is. What what made you uh, want to get into the wrestling business? 
when I was a kid, I wanted to wrestle, but I was really small, believe it or not. Um, so as the years went on, the people were telling me, nah, you know, you'd make a better referee, but then I was told I was too tall. Uh, then I actually, as I got into my adult life, I um, started a career in radio, and I just thought, you know what, maybe I can turn my passion for broadcasting and my passion for wrestling, maybe I can, you know, team them up, and here I am. Wow, really cool. I'm curious, so who, growing up, like, who were you a fan of? I was a huge WWF fan. Um, Andre the Giant was my absolute favorite. Um, later, uh, in later years, I really enjoyed uh, watching Jimmy Superfly Snooker. I'm from Massachusetts, and every month, religiously, we'd hop on the T, which is our transit system here in, in the area, and we'd go into Boston, and we'd watch these guys, Backland, San Martino, Santana, you know, Putski, all the legends, and uh, little did I know that it was Angelo Savoldi running the town. That's all, and and you bring up the Savoldis and and the uh, the brains behind the, you know the NWA and the NWA on fire. Um, a little bit, you know, the NWA, you know, had a bit of obviously uh, incredible prominence uh, years ago. Uh, you know, perhaps fallen on some hard times, not quite in the forefront of the wrestling business, but now, you know. Myself and, and you were involved in, in this TV project. Um, what does this mean for the wrestling business, the NWA getting back on TV? Well, let me tell you this. The NWA may have fallen out of prominence, and it may not be prominent in some people's minds, but I can guarantee you that NWA wrestling on fire will be at the forefront of everybody's mind when we hit an entire area of Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York, Connecticut, up through Maine. Pretty soon, can honestly, everybody will be talking about us. I, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. Tell everyone about the uh, the segment you're working on uh, that, that's going to be on the show. We're going to take about uh, five or seven minutes of everybody's time every week, and we are going to present a classic match. We're going to dig deep a little bit and tell the story behind the story, so to speak, of some of these uh, classic matches. The library, Ken, goes back to the 50s. We've got seven decades of great matches, some not so great, too. And you know what? When they're not so great and we show them, we're going to tell you, wow, this was a real stinker, but here's why. Maybe there's a backstory to that. And that, that to me, is just a, a very exciting part of the program, but just a small piece of it. Yeah, small piece because, uh, you know, again, the, the interesting thing about the show is that we're trying to, uh, you know, embrace the past while looking towards the future. And, uh, sure. you know, it, it's all encompassing. Uh, just, again, it, it, you know, it's your segment, it's, uh, the history of wrestling that's going to be part of the, the show. Uh, just give us a list of some of the, uh, the wrestlers we're going to see in this segment. We've got Steve Austin as Stephen Williams in his very first match. We've got a guy that people know as The Undertaker when he wrestled as The Punisher. We've got guys like Superfly Jimmy Snuka, Andre the Giant, also Jerry the King Lawler, and you know, God bless him for what he's been through the last few weeks. Um, we've got some classic matches featuring Jerry from not only the Dallas area, uh, but also uh, in Memphis where, as you know, Ken, he is king. 
Yes, he Brian, is. Uh, Brian, quick question. Uh, your involvement with the NWA, um, I was curious. Uh, there was a relationship back in the mid-'90s with the NWA and what was later to be known as uh, Extreme Championship Wrestling. Um, I was wondering if you had any uh, any information as to um, – where that relationship was going to move forward with that with those two uh, uh, organizations uh, before Shane Douglas threw the belt down and the company branched off onto their own. I'll be honest with you, I don't have a lot of insight to that. Um, I can say that it was probably uh, something that was planned for a long time. Um, maybe guys had some second thoughts and you know they wanted to take something in there in another direction and uh hey uh, you know more power to them i mean they were you know ECW was a success for a long time um but i i'll, I'll be honest i'm not really sure uh what that uh what that relationship was and uh and how it all fell apart i'm just curious moving forward as as we get this uh you know tv show up and running and it is going to change the landscape uh of wrestling right now um, what what are your thoughts on pro wrestling today? I mean, you you talk about that you're you know like the rest. Of, I mean, you're a throwback. You, you're you're mentioning guys like Jimmy Snuka and, and Andre the Giant. Uh, the business today and what you're seeing on on TV uh, right now. Uh, opinions, thoughts. What do you think? Um, I think it's time for somebody to come up with an alternative uh alternative and I think that's what NWA on fire uh is doing. I think fans uh really are clamoring for more uh of not only today's great stars and tomorrow's superstars but also for some of the classics that are out there as well. And I think there needs to be a good mix of that. Um I'm not going to sit here and knock anybody for what they're doing. If, I mean if I was making 40 million dollars a year working out of the Connecticut office, if you know what I mean, I'd say, hey, yeah, this is great. But I think um, there are a lot of promotions out there, too, that try to mimic some of these national brands. And these national brands, yeah, they're making money, but, uh, you know, they're not, in my opinion, they're not what they used to be. Is there anyone you like watching now? Um, I I watch Monday night more from a production standpoint than a fan standpoint. Um, Storylines, I'm not, I'm not keen on many of them right now. Um, Friday night, I I don't catch SmackDown too much. Um, Again, I, I will, I'll read some recaps online or what have you, but to me, there is nothing out there that screams, you got to see this. I get you. I mean, I uh, I, I hear what you're saying, and, and you're right. You know, uh, we don't want to have mimicking uh, what's already out there, so uh, presenting something that's an alternative, um, you know, perhaps not as, as large and grandiose as what's already on TV, but something different for maybe a... Uh, so it's old school uh, kind of fans. Uh, Brian, thanks a lot for giving us uh, a few minutes. Uh, we'd love to get you back on at, at some point in the future once the TV show uh, uh, gets going, but I uh, appreciate you spending a few minutes. Anytime, Ken, and I, I appreciate your time, and I'm looking forward to what I've been calling a breath of fresh air with your commentary on the weekly show. I think fans are really going to enjoy 
the format. I think they're going to enjoy the wrestling, the new stuff, the classic stuff. It's not going to be like anything else that is available out there now, and I think fans are really going to embrace it. Cool. Looking forward to uh, working with you in the future. Absolutely. Take care, guys. Take care. Thank you very much, Brian. Good stuff. And just so you know, I did not pay him uh, to say those kind words uh, about me. Um, so, uh, but it, it's, I'll tell you, Dave, man, it's, it's interesting. And uh, you know, I, I am. No, I know I've got, I got. I am no Gordon Soley. I will be the first to admit it. Maybe someday. But uh, you know, it, it's not easy trying to you know get out there and, and do my best with the commentating thing, getting my my feet wet, getting comfortable with the whole thing. Uh, you know, it, it's. It's fun and I'm enjoying it, but it's uh, it's definitely a challenge, uh, you know, calling the matches and uh, you know, and it's interesting because when well, like with the NWA, which is fun and it's great, but but it poses a challenge, is you know, we this show we have stuff from all over. The thing with the NWA, it, you know, that it it kind of fell out of prominence for a lot of people, but it's been around, so it's across the country. Which is great, and and on this show, uh, you know, this is really going to, you know, be one of, if not the flagship shows for the NWA, and so there's going to be talent from all over the country uh, on the show, uh, which is great. The challenge it it, uh, it poses as you're commentating, you, you might not know everybody right off the bat. Uh, but as a fan, it's great because you're going to see guys from promotions across the country, um, you know, no shortage of footage. And, you know, as time goes on and, and, you know, we're on TV, so people will be sending us more and more footage and we'll get those matches on. So uh, as a fan, you're going to get a really comprehensive look and really the indie scene. And what's going on across the country? Because we're we're going to have matches from all over the country, not and not just NWA on fire. And that's the thing that's pretty amazing. Post this this lawsuit where everything's been settled, um, NWA on fire is the TV show, but there are so many other NWA promotions, and those promotions will be uh, sending us their matches, and we'll be showing them as well. So there's other promotions like. Uh, NWA Dog uh, is uh, one of those promotions, uh, and NWA Coastal. Uh, so there's, there's a, a lot of different organizations, and we'll have all these guys featured, as well as the classic bouts. So it's definitely going to be a, kind of a, an old-school territory feel. I mean, you know, I, I was in the studio three days, three nights this week, and uh, trying to get the show up and running, and it really... It has that that feel, which is fun as a wrestling fan, but that, like, you remember, Dave, watching, uh, like, AWA on ESPN? Like, it, it has that feel to it, which is neat. It's neat being a part of it. So it's, um, you know, give us a chance. October 12th, we premiere, uh, 11 o'clock on the Me Networks, Me TV, um, it's different, you know. It's not you're not getting WWE or TNA. You're you're getting NWA wrestling, and it, and it's cool, and it's uh, kind of brings that energy of the independent scene uh, 
right to TV. So, uh, you know, I know it's tough. It's Friday. So set the DVR. You know, it's late on a Friday night. Set that DVR. It's good stuff. Let's go right back out to the phones because we have uh, uh, some more callers out there. Uh, let's go right here. Answer the phone. Caller, are you there? Hey, how are you? All right, how are you? I'm great. I'm pumped for NWA. I got I got to tell you Ken. I grew I grew up watching Georgia Championship Wrestling. I grew up with Ric Flair and Tommy Rich and Harley Race and Tony Atlas and Kevin Sullivan and Ivan Koloff and Lexi Smirnoff. And I got to tell you, I'm absolutely pumped that we're kind of moving out from beyond Abyss and Adam Pierce and that now we're kind of moving into a new era. Um, when I was in middle school and high school, my friends and I used to rearrange our schedules around Georgia Championship Wrestling. You know, if, if they had like a 2.30, if TBS was showing a 2.30, you know, in the afternoon, we'd go to the pool, and then like at 2 o'clock, we'd all go back to our homes, we'd watch for an hour, and then we'd all meet up and talk about it. Um, I'm just really excited that this is coming back. It's kind of taking in different territories, and I like that smaller territory feel. I like the fact that it's um, recognizing um, the past history because I think that's I think that's the one thing that NWA has to really play up is that it's got such a solid history, and arguably it's a you know it's a more substantial history than WWE or WWF, and you know just to kind of go back even before when I was watching you you go back into Buddy Rogers and Lou Fez. Um, if you can really draw from that stuff and um, kind of bring back that that um, that territorial feel, you know, those really brutal matches, those you know, those Starcade type um, Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes matches with lots of blood, you know, Dory Funk, Texas Death matches, um, you know, lots of cage matches. Just really, you know, I don't know how you know I don't know how it's going to develop. I know that wrestlers have to wrestle a lot of nights, and I know the matches tend to be shorter now than they were back in the day because um, I guess you've got to keep your talent healthy. But uh, I think there's so much potential, and I think that this is such an awesome thing. And, and again, I'm 45 years old. This is drawing me back into wrestling as a fan. That's awesome. I mean, that, that, that feels good, like knowing that you want to. And, and you know, as, as you're saying, you like that brutality. Um, what we're doing with the show, because, you know, it, it's tough that we, you know, we know – you know, we're not stupid. We know that not everyone knows these NWA wrestlers, these new guys um, who are doing the indie scene. So we're trying to, you know, we want to give our our audience like a little bit of info. So you know, Brian Fury is our NWA heavyweight champion. The first episode, we're going to go back and show you how he won the title, uh, just to give you a little backstory because we have that match, and that match has never been seen before on TV anywhere. Um, and it's a barbed wire match. Just that's awesome. It's that, a that's match. awesome. And that, that's where, you know, that's where I think you can kind of be a little bit different from WWE, be a little bit off the beaten path, and, you know, really take in a whole different audience. Because you're going to get some crossover audience anyway. Anyone who's got the channels, they're going to get to watch it. You're, you're always going to draw that hardcore wrestling fan, the guy who will watch any promotion. But, you know, getting new blood into it. Then you're going to get, like like my kids, you know, who are, you know, my, my two boys who are 11 and 9, they're going to watch it with me now, 
because I was into it when I was their age, a little bit older, you know, and I think you're going to draw that whole new crowd. And I just think it's awesome. I think it's like a renaissance now for, for professional wrestling. I think it's really getting out there where it's going to um, – there are some really, really good things that can happen. And quite honestly, I think WWE needs to be challenged a little bit because I think um, I think they tend to get at times complacent. And um, I think this is just, you know, good competition overall for everyone. This is going to push everything maybe a little bit closer to the edge. Um, you know, I think, um, you know, WWE is going to have to really think about how they market what they do. Um you know, because I think, you know, everyone's competing for audience now. You can only watch, you know, so many shows per week and people have lives, you know. Totally agree with you. Uh, all good points and thanks thanks a lot for the support and uh, give us a call next week. Okay, and I need more Baron Von Roschke. I need more Von Roschke. <laughs> we'll try care, and get on that. <laughs> Take care. I, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, you know, that, that feels good. I mean, you know, we're trying to do something different. And again, no one involved is disillusioned enough to, to think like, oh, we're, we're, you know, episode one and we're taking over the WWE. I mean, we all know what it is, but but why not? Why why not throw something at it? Why not throw down the gauntlet? Why not say, hey, you know, we're putting out something different? Why not steal some people? You know, uh, and Dave, we've talked about it. Competition is good. And maybe it's not just us, NWA on fire, but maybe it's us and TNA. And who knows, maybe another promotion pops up where the WWE takes a step back and says, hey, you know, there are other wrestling organizations doing some things that are getting an audience. They're doing so. Maybe we, we need to not get complacent. Maybe we need to do a better job because, you know, competition is, it's the best thing for wrestling. And, and we know in the 80s, when Vince McMahon was looking to take over, wrestling was great. You know, because the competition, the competition just take over. Uh, 90s, wrestling was great. Why? Because of WCW uh, and the competition between the two companies and each company trying to outdo the other one. Great time for a wrestling fan. Now... You know, I'm not saying, look, I'm not one of those guys going to say, oh, it sucks, because I wouldn't be doing this every week if, I, you know, I thought it all sucked. Um, but it's not as exciting. You know, it's not as thrilling. Um, and, I, you know, there's no competition. You can be complacent. You know, if you're the only game in town, why change it? Why, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, the attitude ever was born out of WCW pushing the envelope. Uh, Vince isn't going to change things if it's working, and why should he? As a businessman, I'm I'm making this amount of money, and it's a lot of money, and doing this. But if he starts making less money, maybe he's got to tweak things a little bit. So, you know, maybe we make him think. Who knows? Maybe we 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 change the game a little bit. But uh, as I said to our caller, just so everyone's aware, and. Uh, um, you know, I guess it's kind of breaking news. I'm putting it out there right now. But yeah, our first show, there's a barbed wire match. We're putting it out there. There's a different show. Not PG. It's violent. It's wrestling. It's brutal. And you get a, a sense of where Brian Fury came from. And uh, if you, you haven't tuned into us before, Brian Fury, the NWA uh, on fire heavyweight champion. Um, and he was the instructor... Uh, 
for uh, Evan Markopoulos, who is on Gut Check. Um, tremendous competitor, very intense, a uh, lot of talent. Um, so Brian Fury, uh, you get to see October 12th how he won the NWA Heavyweight Championship in a grueling uh, barbed wire match. So uh, it's exciting times for a wrestling fan, Dave. Yeah, um, I'm looking forward to, uh, to to checking you know checking the show out as well as you know checking out you know what you what you're doing on commentary and just uh, you know seeing what else is out there. Not saying that you know I'm gonna you know uh, stop watching you know Impact or Raw or SmackDown you know because I'll watch just about anything. Um, if Ring of Honor was in my area, I'd have it on the DVR too. Um, so. Uh, yeah, I'm looking. For, I, I look forward to it. I, re, I really do. And that's the thing. It's funny in the wrestling world, and and I totally agree with you. Like I, none of us, I mean, I'm not going to stop watching anything. Um, ROH. It's amazing that you know. I mean, NWA on Fire gets his TV deal, and it's great. And I, even if I wasn't doing commentary, I, I would watch it because it's on TV. Um, I, I wish ROH was on TV in my area because I'd give them a chance too. But as we've talked about, there's just there's something about having to sit in front of your computer to watch something, and maybe it's just being a little older. I don't know, but I, I it's hard for me to get into something that I have to sit and watch on my computer. But if it was on TV, I'd watch it. I would totally watch it. So. uh you know, hopefully, you know, who knows? Maybe with the NWA on fire, if we have some success, maybe uh, some cable station will look at ROH and say, hey, we want our wrestling show, and ROH will get a, a bigger deal on TV, and we'll have even more wrestling on TV. I mean, that would be awesome, because uh, that's what I'd love to see as, as a fan. We're going to go back out to the phones. Call, are you there? Hello? Hello? Hello. Yeah. Are you there? Yep. Uh, what do you got for us? Hey, Ken. Hey. Hey, it's Tony again. Oh, hey, what's up? Hey, no, um, I don't know what the hell happened, but um, yeah, sorry about that. I didn't realize I was in here, but uh, I had to call back in because I couldn't hear the show. I don't know what the hell happened. Oh, okay. Well, um, if you want, I can just put you on hold and uh, you can listen to the show. All right, sure. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Sorry about that. Anna. No problem. Anybody get the Whoops, sorry, I, I cut him off. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> sorry, Tony, but yeah, you're you're there on hold, so you can listen to the show. Uh, you know, I I don't always catch everything on because uh, our switchboard doesn't have names. I just I see a number, and you know, sometimes I don't recognize numbers. So, uh, but glad you're listening, Tony. Uh, I don't know what happened. Hope other people are still listening. Um, hope it's not technical difficulties that are affecting people all over, but uh you know, um yeah, I yeah, I lost my train of thought. So let's go let's get into it. You know, we got about a half hour left. TNA TNA Aces and Aids. I don't know about you, Dave, but when I saw the uh the president with his back turned, uh I kind of I'm thinking it's it's Eric Bischoff. I think that's him now. Maybe they throw a swerve on us, and maybe they're trying to fool us and make us think it's him. Uh, but all signs to me between the, the show he's producing, The Devil's Ride on TLC, and the motorcycle gang thing and everything he's into, um, I don't know. I'm kind of thinking it might be Eric Bischoff. Now, I, and I'm curious, 
Now, two things, Dave. First, I'd like to know if you, if you think it's Eric Bischoff, yes or no. But also, a lot of people are like, oh, God, that, that sucks. I don't hate Bischoff as much as some other wrestling fans. I, I think Bischoff has played his Weasley conniving little bitch of a character very, very well. And I think he's a guy that you love to hate, which, as a wrestling fan, that's what you want. I'm not going to speculate on what happened behind the scenes because I wasn't there. You hear stories. Maybe he was a jerk. Maybe he was fine to work for. I don't know. But as far as a character, I I never had a problem with him. Uh, however, uh, with Bischoff involved, it in a storyline that was good, when you put Bischoff, all of a sudden it becomes a regurgitation of the NWO again. Um, if a guy like uh, Matt Morgan or Jeff Jarrett winds up being the president, then it's, it's still, as much as it's similar, I think it's a, a perception's reality. I think perception becomes it's, it's something different. Once Bischoff's involved, it becomes, uh, hey, look, they're trying to do the NWO again. Um, so I'm curious to see where this will unfold as we move forward. Uh, again, like I said, Dave, your thoughts, number one, do you think it's Bischoff? And number two, do you think it's a bad thing? Uh, I don't think it's Bischoff. It wouldn't surprise me if it was, like you said, considering that he produces a reality show about motorcycle clubs. Um, and uh, it would make sense if he were to come back and be in that president role of the uh, the motorcycle group, Aces and Eights. Um, you know, he had a split from Hogan, and, uh, you know, he lost all his power in TNA, and and he's coming back for revenge, and he's got a group of motorcycle guys that, you know, are, are there to defend him. Um, same thing with Jarrett. If Jeff Jarrett was revealed as the president, I think it's Jarrett. Um, I, I, I think it makes sense in Jarrett's story, too. Jarrett in real life was used to be a majority owner of TNA and he had to sell most of that stock to Dixie Carter when they came in and invested money and helped make the company bigger. Um, and then just, I'd say about three, four years ago, Jarrett lost all of that stock and lost all of it, whatever remaining power he had left because of the affair that he was having with Kurt Angle's wife, um, Karen, which is now his current wife, Karen Jarrett. Um, and Sting fired him on TV. Hogan became the GM. Um, I mean, it makes sense to put those two guys in there. Um, as long as Bischoff, you know, if, if Bischoff were to be revealed as the guy behind it, I don't necessarily care for it, but I'm not like, you know, oh, if it's him, I'm going to not watch ever again. And, you know, I'm not like that. Uh, but as long as he's not like, you know, he's the president of the motorcycle club, but as long as he doesn't have any power or control within the company, like as an authority figure, like a GM, president, commissioner type role, I'm okay with that. Um, but I do think that these kidnap, I've never been a fan of kidnapping and wrestling. I think it's so stupid because, first of all, the building's not that big. You can find somebody, okay, like in, 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 in the arena, okay? They got their clubhouse there, and 
you know, they kidnapped Hogan. and I've never been a fan of kidnapping angles because when you kidnap somebody, you call the cops. How many guys do they have on that roster that are defending TNA that kidnapped Joseph Parks, that kidnapped Sting and Hogan this past week? Why didn't anybody pick up a phone and call the cops if there was a kidnapping going on? You know what I mean? I've never been a fan of that. The only time I cared for a kidnapping, which is sad to say, was when The Undertaker kidnapped Stephanie McMahon and tried to marry her, and then Steve Austin made the save. I think that aspect of it is kind of stupid. Um, I do like the idea that they've turned it into like a motorcycle club. Um, because before they weren't really revealed as a motorcycle club, just a bunch of gang of thugs. Um, mainly because they're tapping into what's going on out there in pop culture. Sons of Anarchy, you and I are both huge fans of it, and there are a lot of people that love the television show. And I think bringing that aspect of it into wrestling is actually good for TNA because maybe it will set up a future down the line where they get some Sons of Anarchy guys to appear on Impact in, in, a, in a small, short role. You know what I mean? That could get them some more viewers, get, can, can get those motorcycle you know, enthusiasts that watch Sons of Anarchy and even Sons of Anarchy fans to watch Impact. So I think it's good in that aspect. Like I said, I don't care for the kidnapping storyline. If Bischoff were the president or Jarrett were the president, I'm not crying over it, but I would like to see a reveal where everyone's like, oh, wow, I didn't see that one coming. You know what I mean? But, yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, I, and I totally agree. I mean, there are a couple things. Number one, if it is Bischoff, couldn't agree more. He he just can't have power in the company. And I, I don't even want to see a stipulation that, you know, if, if my guy wins, I – Look, if you want to have a stipulation and my guy wins, now he gets a title shot, all right, fine. I, I can deal with that. I, I can't have, a, you know, wrestling for control of the company or, you know, you know, if, if my guy wins, then Dixie's out. I don't want to see any of that. I want to see if Bischoff's revealed as, as running this, this faction, this, this club, it needs to be that he's just a pissed-off little man that decided that, He's gonna raise holy hell on the people that that fired him. Period. That's it. Um, uh, other things. Sidebar. Just uh, you know, we are huge fans. Um, R.I.P. Opie. R.I.P. Opie. You went out as a soldier. It's tough to watch. But anyway, I digress. Um, I I love what you're saying. Like if they if they could get some Sons of Anarchy uh, actors. Involved and uh, you know, even if they did something or it was even on a smaller scale, um, one of my favorite pay per views to watch back in the day, uh, WCW's Hog Wild, when they go to the uh, motor motorcycle uh, festival in Sturgis, and uh, when you didn't hear uh, the crowd applauding, that you just heard motorcycle engines revving up. That was awesome. That was a, I used to love watching that. Um, you know, just motorcycles parked around the ring. Um, that was good stuff. So I don't know if they would do something like that again, but, yeah, I mean, the motorcycle festival still happens. Um, I would love to see them do an event, even if it's not a pay-per-view, or they set something up, uh, you know, they do something in a back lot, and it's surrounded by motorcycles. I, I just... I love that whole concept. So uh, I agree with you. I'm not outraged if it's Bischoff, 
but I do think that if it is Bischoff, um, they got to tread lightly. They really got to do it right because uh, one false step, and a lot of wrestling fans are going to be absolutely outraged. Um, I, I'm okay with Jarrett. I'm honestly okay with everyone, anyone who they they stick in the the role um, of leading it, as long as they do it the right way. I, I, the Bischoff thing just becomes the toughest uh, to do it the right way because the minute we're talking about it and we're fine with it, the minute the reveal happens and we hear Mike Tenay, oh my God, it's Eric Bischoff. Um, you're going to have a number of wrestling fans across the country slam down whatever they have in their hand, roll their eyes, hit their couch, um, yell out expletives. There's going to be a number of wrestling fans that it just being Bischoff, that they're not going to be happy with it. Uh, which is why they need to make sure the storyline evolves in an effective manner because uh, you're going to come close to alienating a lot of fans right off the bat when, when Bischoff is, is revealed. So it's interesting to see how this uh, unfolds because this is a pivotal season for uh, the uh, TNA. We're in Bound for Glory Season and moving forward, I mean, the big match right now in Bound for Glory, we have uh, the TNA Heavyweight Championship on the line with Austin Aries and uh, Jeff Jarrett. Uh, interesting because, you know, two guys, I mean, Jeff Jarrett, obviously very popular. Hints of Austin Aries turning heel, uh, which he hasn't been a, a face for that long, but I kind of like him better as a heel anyway. I mean,. Uh, Look, his character is an arrogant little prick. That's what he is. For better or worse, that's his character. Hey, I'm Austin Aries. I'm an arrogant little prick. Now, that works better as a heel to me and and, and not a face. Uh, You know, I I mean, I know he's still doing the arrogant thing, but I I don't know. I just think this guy is more talented at, at, at garnering booze. Uh, than getting the cheers behind him. Your thoughts, Dave? Well, when a guy has comes out wearing a cape, and on the back of the cape it says, the greatest man that ever lived, you know, that's a slap in the face to everybody, you know, whether you have an ego or not. Somebody coming out there saying that they are better and the greatest that has ever lived, you're going to want to see that guy get his ass kicked and get booed. Um, so, yeah, I do agree. He'd, he'd fit much better in a role um, as a heel than as opposed to being a babyface. I think the only reason why he was turned babyface was because people, mainly in Orlando in the Impact Zone, those fans, they, you know, they're they're a different breed of fans because they get that, you know, they they're almost like internet fans, you know, the marks online that you know they got their guy and there's that small group of people that will cheer and and, and root for that guy. And, you know, they made a little bit of noise with Aries, and he was portrayed as a baby face. Um, you know, I, I could see them down the line, him saying, you know, you know, I pandered to the – I could see him saying, you know, I pandered to the audience to get what I wanted. I got the TNA title. I don't need them anymore. But, you know, he's t- he, the, 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 the cool story behind this is it's not really just for the – it's not really just for the title. It's more or less Austin Aries wanting the level of, um, of notoriety that Jeff Hardy has. 
which I think that's cool because normally you get a title match and it's about I'm better than you and now I'm going to take your title or it's a personal situation. But this is more about Austin Aries in a sense trying to prove that, you know, he he can be up on that level of Jeff Hardy and uh, be a big be as big a name, if not bigger, um, in years down the road in wrestling. And I think that's cool. Um, I I I know I'm pretty sure they're going to put out a great match. I, I don't doubt it in my mind. Um, you know they both have similar styles that that are that mesh real well, and uh, I look forward to it. Um, you know, like I said in my report last week. Uh, Hardy is, uh, you know, apparently up for a contract um, in a few months, and uh, the company is looking to do whatever they can to keep him. Um, so maybe we'll see a Jeff Hardy title change. Um, over the course of the past year, he has, you know, done a complete 360 from what he did the prior year with, uh, you know, getting his personal life in order. He's in great ring shape. He's got a new passion. You know, you and I both agree this is probably the best Jeff Hardy we've ever seen physically and mentally. Um, so I see it being uh, I, I, that match could potentially steal a show at Bound for Glory, and it's the main event. So go figure. But I, I, I see nothing but uh, good things for the, the rest of the, the remainder of this feud heading into the pay-per-view. And, and kudos to, to Jeff. I mean, you know, look, and, and I'll be the first to admit, because I'm not one of those guys that like when, when things – turn the other way that I'll go back and say, oh, I, I'll always tell you what I felt in the past. And bottom line, if I'm running TNA, if Ken Reedy is in charge of TNA, Jeff Hardy doesn't see the light of day after what he did. Sorry, that's the how I feel. You come out, you endanger another uh, performer. Um. You know that's just, that's that's where I stand on it. Um, that being said, I'm incredibly proud and and impressed with what Jeff Hardy has done, and very impressed with what TNA has done, because a guy does something like that, a wrestler does something like that, and it's going to take a lot to rebuild him in the fans' eyes. Uh, for fans, you know, I mean, I got that pay per view and and. You know, I was like, we spent money on this, and this guy, you know, he's he's messed up coming down to the ring. You have a, a you know, a, not even a match with Sting. Um, you know, it, it it didn't sit well in this wrestling fan's uh, mind. Um, but I gotta I gotta give TNA props. Uh, they did a good job at rebuilding him. His good writing surrounding him. And, you know, all the good writing and good creative means shit if the performer doesn't pull his end. And, I mean, you said it, man. Jeff Hardy looks amazing right now. He's got everything working. It seems like uh, he's a guy that, and, and for a lot of wrestlers, I don't know if they ever get to this moment because a lot of wrestlers... They're young and they're in the business and their brain isn't right for the business, but their body is. But they never quite get it mentally. Eventually, when they get the business mentally, the body's breaking down. Um, and that's just the nature of the business. Jeff Hardy is one of those guys that physically he looks great and mentally he really seems to get it. 
it just seems right now that it's all gelling for him mentally and physically. He's there, um, and I and I'm really impressed with with what he's done. Um, but as you're saying, uh, getting back to Austin Aries, number one, going against this reclamation project, this guy who is, you know, bottom, you know, hit rock bottom and is coming back, um, and he's wrestling a guy who comes down to the ring with a cape, and just wearing a cape, it's tough to like a guy. It really is tough. I mean, I last year for Halloween, I was Satan. What did I do? I wore a cape. See? Something about wearing a cape. You're going to compete with a lot of trick-or-treaters. <laughs> <laughs> and you wear a cape that says the greatest man ever. Um, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It's tough to like you. Really tough to like you. And it was funny because when he turned face, I was wondering if they would tweak that or change that or take that off the the cape or, or change his moniker or come up with a different slogan or something, and they didn't. Um I like the guy. I like everything Austin Aries has to offer. Uh, tremendous talent, but I, he has a face, and I, I don't know. I get it. I get people are cheering him, but that's that's what I'm enjoying right now in the WWE with CM Punk. I mean, people keep cheering him, and Punk keeps trying to do more to get people to hate him. That I enjoy. That's fun to watch. You know, it's who cares? Who can, like, all right, so the fans are cheering you. We're still going to keep you heel. Let's push it. Let's push the envelope. See how far we can go with this. Um, I, I just Austin Aries has to be a, a heel. He just is um, talented guy, talented on the mic and in the ring, but uh, you know, needs to be a heel. And, I, and I'm hoping they go full fledged into that because I agree with you. Um, it's got the makings of a tremendous match. Um, I think this could be an, an amazing match. Um, but it's something that if you want to add a little bit of juice to it, let, let's let's go heel. Let's have Austin Aries do something kind of heinous to Jeff Hardy going into Bound for Glory, so we get the uh, you know emotional. Uh, vested interest in the match as well as just thinking we want to see a, a great wrestling match. This has been a hell of a show tonight. We've been all over the place, but you know what it's time for right now. The Ken Reedy Show Nod of Approval. And is it we do each and every week, we go through nod of approval, and that is when we pick something, something in the week of wrestling that we like, that we just nod it to ourselves, and we, we open it up on Facebook to our fans to give us a, a nod of approval. Uh, just tell us something you liked in wrestling, and you know what, I, I think uh, we kind of got a nod of approval this week, because on, on the Facebook page, a KJ Len uh, wrote, love the Ryback talk. So uh, I guess that's us talking about Ryback. So uh, is that a first? I think we got an we got a nod of approval. So that's that's cool, the gang. Thank you, KJ. Jumpin gave me a nod of approval too. He said I was awesome. That's true. You did get an awesome. And you got a cool. I got a cool. We are cool yeah. and awesome. That is so. Yeah. We are so entering. That's just it. We're becoming a tag team. We're we are awesome. cool and awesome. No, we could be awesome. <laughs> Put it together. 
Cossum. That's it right there. Let's make a run. Yeah, we call ourselves Cossum, but I'll have I'll have cool across the back of my trunks, and you'll have awesome across the back of yours. And yes, and we can wear capes. <laughs> the greatest radio show that ever lived. <laughs> Wow, we're going off the rails tonight. It's a fun night, though, tonight. I enjoy these shows. We just kind of fly by the seat of our pants. But, Dave, where are you going? Who gets an auto approval this week? Well, to be honest with you, I didn't really think of it until we got on the air. I had a couple ideas in mind. Um, nothing really stood out at me. Um, two things, actually, kind of that, that I saw on Monday night. Um, one of them was the Daniel Bryan and Kane skits. I, I, I looked at that, and I, I thought they were entertaining. Um, but I didn't really see any progression as far as where they're going forward with it. Um, I was entertained by it, um, just Kane's delivery on some of the things you said and overall. But to me, my out of approval goes to the Mick Foley CM Punk promo on Monday night. Um, when Foley came out and he talked about Punk and knowing what was going on with John Cena, I thought, okay, this is cool. They might set up Foley and Punk inside Hell in a Cell. Um, I know Foley's not in the best ring shape, but I know for a match like that, um, he wouldn't necessarily have to be in wrestling shape. Um, and I thought, you know, this would be great for Punk. You know, if, if Foley were to put him over and really help make him a bigger star than he already is, Foley's done it with numerous guys. Foley Foley helped make Triple H when he lost to him back-to-back in 2000 on his way out of his first retirement. Um, Foley helped make Edge at WrestleMania 22 with the spear through the flaming table. I thought that if we saw Mick Foley, CM Punk, inside Hell in a Cell, a match that Foley is quite quite frankly, famous for, especially with the second one when he got thrown off the top of the cage by The Undertaker, I thought, oh, this is going to be awesome, him and CM Punk, you know, this will draw huge, and it will make Punk even bigger than he already is. And just going back and forth, Foley's passion in his promo, Foley talked about, you know, um, some of the things that Punk had referenced um, last year about change and wanting to be the catalyst for that change and, uh, you know, his association with Paul Heyman, there was consistency because um, you don't see a whole lot of that in wrestling um, when it comes to uh, storylines and promos. Sometimes you'll see guys that, you know, absolutely can't stand each other, hate each other, you know, whenever they're in the arena together, they're always beating the crap out of each other. And then six months later, they're forced to be tag team partners and they get along. You know, that's just, I, I don't see any, you know, if I don't, I don't see any, you know, uh, consistency there. Similar to when Triple H hired Rikishi to run over Steve Austin. And then a year later they were tag team champions. You tried to run me over and kill me. You son of a bitch, you're going to die. Like I'll do anything I can to make sure you're, 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 you're done with. So I like that there was consistency in that storyline. Um, with Foley and Punk in the promo, and I was hoping for hopefully Foley and Punk announced uh, for Hell in a Cell or maybe leading towards that, but that hasn't been the case. I think this was just a way to uh, further progress um, CM Punk's heel turn against, uh, you know, by attacking McFoley and going back and forth with him. So the promo for Monday night, Punk and Foley's banter, that got my nod of approval. And who knows? I mean, I, and I thought it was great, too. I thought Foley was... Tremendous, uh, did a lot putting Punk over, did a lot to discredit the whole uh, numbers thing, which I thought was awesome. You know, Punk always 
you know, I'm I'm the the tenth longest running WWE champion, and uh, Mick Foley like, yeah, but I'm a legend, so you know, screw you. Um, I thought that was great, and who knows with them? I mean, I, it's funny with Mick because I keep thinking that he, there's got to be one more. I just feel like there's going to be one more match in the WWE, and uh, I don't know. I like I just kind of think sometimes with everything that's gone on, that they're just kind of in a holding pattern with uh, John Cena, and they're curious, like, how he's going to heal, and they just have ideas floating around. And maybe, maybe Foley and Punk is an idea that, you know, if all of a sudden Cena says, I really can't go, that uh, Creative throws some money Foley's way and says, we, we need you. And like we talked about before, as much as we kind of, like the Ryback thing, and we think it works short-term, Mick Foley, it's a main event. Period. It is. It's a main event. So, um, again, I don't know if we'll get that, and I don't know. I'm just purely me speculating on stuff, but uh, I did really enjoy what they they put on uh, that night. So, uh, good nod, Dave. I am going in a different direction this week because we don't see it often. My nod of approval is going to Beth and Natty. Uh, and it's twofold because it's a nod of approval and it, and it's uh, it's a nod of approval and it's a head shake of disdain at the same time. Because WWE creative, shame on you. These two ladies can work. And these two, Beth Phoenix and Natty Neidhart not being at the top of the diva division is just absolutely absurd. And it... It was probably the first Divas match I really enjoyed watching in I don't know how long. And I was sitting there watching, I'm like, this is a good match. Um, those two can work. Uh, you know, that's something that for a good chunk of a year, you could have had a rivalry between the two of them for the Divas title that could have been, you know, real good mid-card pay-per-view matches for at least a few months. That's it, you know, they were tag team partners. You could have built a feud between the two of them. You could have split them up. They could have put on some tremendous matches. And I don't know why, you know, now, you know, all the reports are out there that Beth Phoenix is on her way out the door. And, and now we, we kind of see what could have been, uh, which is kind of depressing. But uh, for now, since I got to see the match and, and I thought they did a tremendous job on uh, Friday night on SmackDown, uh, my nod of approval goes to uh, Beth Phoenix and Natty Neidhart. And there you go. The two of us, nods of approval, McFoley CM Punk promos, and Natty and Beth Phoenix get our nods of approval. The Ken Reading Show, nod of approval. Thank you all for supporting, for tuning in, for calling in. You callers were awesome tonight, each and every week. Love having you be part of this. Thank you. We got about a minute left. Dave, anything you'd like to say before we're out? No, awesome show. Uh, you know, I, I, like, I couldn't, you know, 
agree with you more. I love how we flew by the seat of our pants. I could potentially win a date um, due to the Ken Reedy Show Nation, <laughs> so that's good. We found out Ric Flair is selling Halloween costumes to pay for his alimony. Um, you know, you know, life couldn't be any better right now. <laughs> it was definitely a good time, and again, one month, another month in the books. Three thousand plus listens again. Cannot thank Brian Webster enough for giving us a call in. Uh, thanks for giving us uh, your uh, take on NWA on Fire hitting the TV. Um, you know, we're going to do it. We're going to turn around and do it again next week. The best in pro wrestling talk. My name is, is Ken Reedy. For Dave, the two of us, thank you for tuning in. We will see you next week. Thank you and good night. <laughs>